Hello, I'm Frankie Cotton, and you're listening to What Does Green Really Mean? The new podcast series that dives into what sustainability really means to separate fact from fiction and uncover the stories of those who are building our future. This week, meet Ruby Polite, founder of iWarranty, the app that manages warranties for all your electronic items and enables you to find and organise repairs when something breaks. Electronic waste is a huge global problem. As much as 50 million tonnes of e-waste is produced globally every year, weighing more than all the commercial airliners ever flown, and less than 20% of e-waste is recycled. Ruby's journey to create iWarranty began when she was working as a finance lawyer. Ruby had a set of headphones that broke within the warranty period, but by the time she had processed the paperwork and contacted the manufacturer, the warranty had expired. As a lawyer familiar with paperwork and complex processes, Ruby knew that if she struggled, others would have even more difficulties. There was a real opportunity to streamline the claims process, access repairs, and improve the lifespan of hard-to-recycle items. Ruby says, becoming an entrepreneur was a crazy move. I was really frightened by it, but the frustration became the fire in me to keep going. I hope you enjoyed listening. You can join us on Twitter at Green Really Mean. And if you love listening to us, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you're listening. Thanks so much. Ruby, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Frankie. Thank you very much for this opportunity to be here today. Oh, it's lovely to have you. Thank you so much. Um, and and Ruby, I'd kind of like to get straight into it, really. Um, you know, the, the title of this podcast, What Does Green Really Mean? When people think about sort of the fight against climate change and environmental damage, um, they wouldn't often make the connection necessarily to warranty management. It's sort of quite technical and it doesn't necessarily sort of, that's not the first thing that comes to mind. Um, But there is an essential link between how we take care of our electronics and of course the impact on the environment. So to set the scene, could you start by telling us a little bit about what e-waste or electronic waste actually is? Uh, Sure, Frankie, thank you very much for that. And uh, you're absolutely right. When people talk about um, taking action in the fight against climate change and environmental damage, they wouldn't often make the connection to warranty management at all or electronic waste. To answer your question, what e-waste actually is, the term e-waste is often defined as the point at um, which electrical equipments and appliances that use electricity directly or indirectly, such as washers, dryers, um, food processors, or computers, or mobile phones, they reach their useful life and they will have, or you, they will have useful life, but discarded because they are considered out of out of date. In my view, the precise component or substances that considered as e-waste is the metals that are placed in these appliances and electronics to connect mm-hmm. the electricity or battery to make it functional. That's how, the way I kind of define that one. There's a um, lot of definition out there, but it's this kind of a debate about what actually the precise definition of mm-hmm. e-waste is. And I guess with that in mind then, what what is it that makes e-waste so difficult to recycle? Is it those, It's I guess it is those components that you just mentioned? Yeah, I mean, yeah, are, I mean, of course, uh, the impact of e-waste on the environment is really severe, especially when e-waste is not properly handled and simply thrown, thrown out in the garbage and ultimately ending in landfill. It means both human health and the environment are at risk. While... Above ground modern technologies are incredibly amazing. We all love it. 
most of them, these items contain some form of toxic materials. To explain a bit more, when e-waste gets buried at a landfill, it can dissolve into microscopic traces. Eventually, these traces of toxic materials pull into the ground below the landfill and more e-waste and metals are at the landfill, the more of these tra uh, trace toxic materials will show up in the groundwater. Certain components of these products contain materials that render them dangerous, such as toxic chemicals, elements like lithium, mercury, and beryllium, and lead, etc., which can lead into environment and, and pose serious environmental risks to our soil, water, air, and wildlife. Um, at the same time, we are also losing precious metals such as gold, silver, and copper, and platinum and palladium, all this valuable to through this electronic waste disposal. When e-waste is disposed of at landfill, it is usually burned, and this process can be released hydrocarbons in the atmosphere, which pollutes the air that humans and animals rely on. And also, these hydrocarbons can contribute to the greenhouse gas effect, which is many scientists think it is leading to the contributor to global warming. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I guess it's this specific combination of materials that ultimately make e-waste so difficult to be recycled. And am I correct in saying it's it's only sort of around 20% that actually is recycled and the, the rest goes to landfill? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that the, the recent United Nations report shows that it's not 20%, it is 15.5%. Oh, wow. Over 15 bil uh, million tonnes of electronic waste disposed and and um, and it's uh, it's really huge, and it's only like a, a, a fraction uh, in a fraction of it has been recycled um, in a in responsible manner worldwide, which is actually so fifteen point five percent. The remaining eighty percent um, of that, or maybe is a you know eighty five point five percent, that is sixty three percent of which could have been repaired and reused. They still had wow. useful life, but they made it its way to a more environmentally damaging end at the landfill. So what we don't realize is that many recyclers actually just ship most of this e-waste abroad where instead of being recycled, usable parts are repurposed and minerals are extracted. They really doesn't sound terrible from out, outside, but except it uh, comes at a, at a cost in many communities and local population in emerging economies, like in mm -hmm. Africa, Bangladesh, and India. There, um, it is, um, and research shows that methods used in all, uh, almost um, always improper in some places. For example, gold is kind of recovered by placing circuit boards or something in, in and nitric acid and higher hydraulic acid, poisoning waterways in many developing countries. And um, whatever is, is not used is actually dumped in ground improperly. So that needs to be really improved. And what makes it really hard to, um, to kind of a difficult recycle is the mass consumerism uh, we are all part of and the planned obsolescence um, and that outpace the recycling effort. The volume of e-waste that continue to grow 4% each year are impossible to like for us to cope co with. Mm. It's really time to kind of uh, double down on the recycling effort and uh, the, all the reports on United Nations report points that there is an increased focus on recycling today than compared to past 10 years ago. The effort to sustainably reclaiming them and use devices and simply we can't really keep with the, uh, keep up with the production, the massive consumption rate of new devices. So this issue is really compounded by mm. the short lifespan of new devices. 
which manufacturers are rushing to you know put in new bottles out to consumers and um, so it's um, um, you know the average smartphone uses it's only for two years and after it has been disposed by consumers so it's really hard to keep uh, it's um, keep up with the recycling with the cons- you know the consumption rate is really high yes and that's exactly what I was sort of going to ask you really is why is e-waste such a growing problem but then you know when you actually stop and think about it and think about everything you just said it's pretty obvious um we all participate in excess consumption of electronic items constantly upgrading potentially going on amazon and ordering a new kettle or something as soon as our one doesn't work or something happens but i guess it's difficult as an individual to know how you alone can fight all of those external forces in a world that is moving so fast. So I wonder if you could maybe tell us why what you're doing at iWarranty is actually starting to answer this e-waste problem. So, um, you know, like um, before talking about how iWarranty is solving the problem, and I truly believe that actually the solution to the e-waste is actually repairing and reusing appliances and electronics and extending the lifespan of useful life of these appliances and devices as long as possible is really important. And we need to, we need more e-waste repair and refurbishment worldwide, and we need to stop throwing away computers that could be fixed for a fraction of a cost. So fixing and reusing what we already got just uh, makes sense, actually, when you think about it, and recycling should only come after we have gotten every bit of um, Mm. use of every product we have. So we need to make the products we already own last. So that's where iWarranty is actually making a difference. So iWarranty is, um, you know, the, the existing warranty management, I think it's really have severe limitation to consumers in the UK alone. Consumers waste over £423 million a year replacing items covered under warranty, which is significant when you think about it, because why consumers are doing that? Because the access to warranty rights is really complex because they have to look through their kitchen drawers, you know, shoe boxes or maybe email mm-hmm. boxes to find the receipt. And by the time they have to spend several hours to deal with an issue. So for a low value item, consumers, they tend to throw it away, replace with a new item because the cost of repair is very high. So it doesn't really make sense for consumers to, you know, like uh, going through the process of getting, accessing their warranty rights and repairing. So which that's where warranty, I warranty wants to make a huge difference by making it really accessible and digital for consumers to access their warranties and making the, the warranty management and either it is an in-warranty or out-of-warranty repair service, it is at, at their fingertips um, affordably and easily and they can access it from anywhere, anytime. Mm-hmm. And I would say as a consumer, it feels like... Um, manufacturers almost discourage the use of warranties and you feel like it's such a complicated process and it is very manual and you know there's so much paperwork and in a digital world it just seems to have been left behind and do you think that's a that's a fair comment to say that warranties are sort of discouraged and actually manufacturers want to push and promote new products and this is just part of their growth um, or do you think that actually manufacturers are kind of embracing this now? And you know, how how do they respond to you, for example, and kind of what you're trying to build? 
Yeah, so of course there's going to be a massive shift in the industry need to happen because most manufacturers operate with very sort of a old-fashioned systems, very sort of legacy systems, which has been very, I mean, they accepted this is part of their cost. So manufacturers spend around typically around 7 to 10% of their annual revenue on warranty management. They actually included that into the pricing of the product so and pushed to my consumers. So ideally, like, um, you know, and so there need to be changes in the process improvement need to happen because there's so much innovation in using AI and machine learning can actually improve these processes. And, and I think manufacturing sector, they've always been in, into continuous innovation in product innovation. Warranty has been very neglected area so far because uh, it is, um, they, they, I think that manufacturers, superior manufacturers, really realizing now that uh, they're missing out on connectivity with consumers and also their so significant value loss uh, to, you know, not having that continuous connectivity with the, the appliances they sold as well mm -hmm. as the consumer. Which uh, um, which is a significant um, in today's world when the repair right to repair legislation is in place, they mm. are, have to do more about warranty and product care, make and make it more accessible for consumers, and for it, and also comply with SDGs. So they are under pressure to make influence change in that space. Okay. That's where we are actually coming to make a huge difference to their business model. Mm. And without kind of sounding too naive, I guess there is a sort of general shift towards maybe going back to the days where products were built for life or certainly for a longer term. And like you say, with the AI and machine learning and that kind of feedback around what point does a product fail or does something go wrong? And then that helps to build better products. So it's actually, I guess, a bit of a shift in business model potentially for some of these manufacturers as they look to become more green and environmentally aware and at least sort of reducing the impacts that they're having yeah is that naive to say that or do, or is it hopeful or <laughs> it is because um it's not part of their core business majority of the manufacturers their focus is product innovation and focus on coming up with the next um, next big thing um in terms of products so if this is part of an it's sort of an admin or a process um a process part of their business which is uh, looked at as a liability rather than asset. It's not a revenue generating part of their business. So what actually, so what we I warranty is trying to show is because we are the first integrated platform for warranty management, bringing together um, warranty manufacturers, consumers, and repairers under one platform. So the whole idea is actually to, to revolutionize warranty management, to make it really bringing from a cost center to an asset center for manufacturers mm. at the same time, simplifying the warranty management and out of warranty repair for consumers. So that means before you think about throwing away something and through iWarranty, they can find an affordable repair for five pounds or 10 pounds, you know, as opposed to th throwing away that one. So mm. we can actually make a massive difference to electronic waste reduction by mm. giving that access in affordability for consumers. Yeah, absolutely. Affordability and convenience. Also, like because it is not core of their business model for manufacturers, a cost-efficient solution for them. Because what we are offering is because we are using machine learning and I mean AI, so we can actually our platform can actually bring keep our cost low, so we can actually pass on benefit to manufacturers. So that mm -hmm. means um, they don't need to focus on that. Um, they're kind of the cost center. They can shift that one to more of an asset and focused on the sort of a revenue. Like it can be part of revenue. And, uh, you know, we can do that work very seamlessly, easy for manufacturers. Ruby, I wonder, 
how did you come up with this idea or this sort of concept? I know it's rarely ever sort of just one moment or, or one light bulb moment, but what were perhaps a series of events that led to you thinking, actually, do you know what? This is a really viable business and not just viable. It's almost kind of essential. Yeah. So I've already as a startup originated from my personal story of as a consumer I actually purchased an item which was still covered under warranty and I was working as a finance lawyer at that time, very busy life. And I was trying to access my warranty right and one side of, the, it was a headset, I can tell you. So it stopped working and I delayed it and for a while because I was on phone calls with the retailer and uh, as well as a um, um, manufacturer to where to go and who's the right person to you know, speak to this one. Though the incident happened during warranty period, and I, by the time I got around, it's actually missed by a few days. But they refused to give me a replacement of an item, you know, which I ended up throwing away and I replaced from a competitor's brand. So that's a kind of a frustrating moment for me as a consumer and uh, as a lawyer. And I looked at consumer protection laws in the UK and I looked, reviewed the warranty terms and I was thinking, I mean, you know, I, I could have done better because I should know my legal rights here and why I am not sort of a being, you know, not, you know, not aware of it as a lawyer. Mm. Then what about an ordinary consumer? So mm. I was also, you know, I was at Cambridge yeah, at that time and, um, you know, talking to more and more people. They said some stage in their life they replaced an item because they can't be bothered to access the warranty right, which is complex. So there's more and more, and we entered a kind of a university-wide competition to understand what the public think about, um, um, you know, uh, warranty management and what what's working for them. And there was a massive, so we voted as, the students voted us as one of the most wanted startup that year. So it was really, I was not planning to quit my job at that point in time. But um, I felt actually like it, frustration was my, my core of starting my mm. warranty. And uh, so I wanted to change this one. And I thought I have to do something in my life, This is which is transformational and something changed. Because uh, as a lawyer, I'm in a very good position to understand consumer protection mm. laws and simplify that for consumers. So for iWarranty, so when you download, um, you know, our new app is coming up. You, when you download the app, you know, it's not only you, get, you know, scan your product barcode or bring up the product it automatically summarizes warranty terms for you it will tell you what you're covered what's not covered for how long and all of that is actually kind of educating consumers about their consumer rights and uh, simplifying for them so it started with the, my own sort of a really frustrating experience and once was looking for a better solution which i couldn't find in market Mm-hmm. That's typically how the best businesses are formed um, in that sense. But I always find it interesting, you know, you as as you're saying, as as a lawyer, you know, you would if you if you can't sort of understand it and navigate this world with kind of, you know, everything that you you know in the world that you operate in and understanding, you know, consumer law and everything else, how would an ordinary person who is, you know, doing doing their job and busy and, and has a family or whatever else, um, you know, it's it's a lot of responsibility on a consumer. So um yeah, I can I can totally see how how this helps. So is it just is it then you just scan the barcode of a product? How does it work? So it can be at the point of sale when you have a brand new item um you scan the barcode and then the product will come up to the app 
Uh, if it is an old item, we are integrating some really cool technology at the moment. So you can go around your house and take a picture of the product. It will bring up automatically, which is actually coming up very soon as part of our launch in October at Cambridge. So <laughs> that is, um, yeah, so something for, I mean, I will definitely share the link with you. So for you to test and try mm. it, yeah. So it will simplify the whole thing. So, I mean, the idea is to, you walk around your house and uh, you take a picture of every item with warranty, out of warranty, onboard to iWarranty. So basically, you know what you have and uh, you can consolidate all your home appliances in one place. And, you know, when the warranty is expiring, when you need a repair, we have something called uh, iWarranty's Green Repair Network. We have over 50 repairers signed up to use uh, um, uh, the service including some leading manufacturers. So that means um, we will be able to push, um, you know, you to provide that seamlessly easy kind of repair network um, accessible to consumers. Awesome. So you have it all in one place, in one app, all of your electronic items in your house. I mean, it does just sound like the dream. Um, I was wondering, this is a bit of an aside really, but um, my husband and I recently uh, redid our kitchen and Every product that you buy has a sticker on it and it says, call this number for your warranty or whatever. If you don't call the number, how does that work with the warranty? Does it actually mean that the warranty even comes into play or? You know, yeah, some manufacturers, they have specific requirements saying that, okay, you have to register your warranty within 20 days or 30 days. Otherwise, your warranty is invalid. From, you know, so for example, I had, I bought a Sony, one of the new TV and, Mm -hmm. um, because you didn't register your warranty, actually, you lost your right to the warranty rights. So there is no way to... So the, what I want to solve that problem is at the point of sale, you're basically taking a, a picture of your receipt and you scan the barcode. And then it, the app will tell you what's a requirement for this particular manufacturer. It Because you have your information, it auto-register on behalf of mm-hmm. you for the, with the manufacturer mm-hmm. you're working with. So that's, that's actually... That's a kind of... Um, you know taking away the inconvenience of uh, having to Mm -hmm. call them and to tell give you a serial number and all the details it's Mm -hmm. actually simplifying just by by tap of an app you can actually just do the registration so we are we are still in the development phase and with the view to launching in October you will have something (laughs) for you to try awesome yeah yeah I really look forward to it and I wonder when you had that experience with the the product that you couldn't get a return on and and whatever how long ago was that Ruby it is over two uh, two years ago so you've done a you've done a tremendous amount in just two years how how has it been it's been great, actually. We, you know, it's for a startup and also shifting from being a lawyer to and leaving a full-time job and uh, completely becoming an entrepreneur was a very crazy move. <laughs> I was really frightened by it, but actually well, I really was really, the fire in me was actually all driven by the actually the frustration. So, um, so it was a really tough move, and um, but we continuously received a lot of market validation from government grants to government awards, several awards, UK Financial Conduct Authority's Green Fintech Challenge, where the regulators think that uh, the extended warranty market is in- inaccessible for consumers. There's a lot of unfairness in that one. Who buys in extended warranty? That is those who actually worry about the buying another item very easily. They don't have the money, so that's the other one actually buying this. So, um, yeah, the validation and support we receive from governments, from Luxembourg government, European government, and UK, um, and regulators was really incredibly amazing and it kind of kept you going because um you know 
as an entrepreneur, all you have is enthusiasm and we put a lot of money into it. <laughs> so that kind of validation and support from Innovative UK Women in Innovation Grant was all sort of hugely, it, came, it all came in kind of right time to keep mm-hmm. moving the momentum going with the project and mm-hmm. uh, keep the energy and passion and the fire <laughs> going. Yeah, yeah. And and being a part of, you know, these various kind of grants and communities and support networks, I mean, are you hopeful from what you see from where you are that the startup ecosystem is going to drive a lot of change around sustainability, um, you know, global human rights and kind of tackling these environmental issues? Are you really hopeful and can you see that development, you know, already at, at kind of early stage? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, truly, that is absolutely for a startup to come into this space and make a revolutionary change is really re- possible because you are not dealing with large corporations and large sort of a approval process because you are here to your you're operating lean and very flat structures. Decision making is faster, efficient, and quicker. So that means change can happen in a very, very fast, um, aggressive way. And uh, and also those who are in the startup world, I think men and women, I think they are very passionate to influence change and they have experienced it, witnessed in some ways. And, you know, it's uh, I think that that's I think that is fundamentally important for any economy to be super successful to support their startup ecosystem. Mm. Mm, absolutely. Well, Ruby, thank you so much for for coming um, on the podcast, for telling us all about iWarranty and your journey. I just want to give you this opportunity. Um, is there anything else that that you'd like to add that we've not mentioned or sort of any, I don't know, maybe a piece of advice or something that you've learned that you'd like to pass on to our listeners? Well, I, what I would say as a women founder, as well as a women CEO, um, I think women's role um, in the in the whole eco-sustainability and climate action is really important. Over 51.5% of women, um, you know, we the, sort of we represent a huge uh, number. And so men and women, the equal participation is really important. And we need to encourage female entrepreneurship and collaborating men and women equally. I think that's really important to fight against and to reach the net zero goals I think it's really important Mm, absolutely well thank you so much and it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you this morning yeah thank you too (laughs) 